Hey, you guys, what is going on? Welcome to The Camera Adds 10 Pounds. I'm your host, Peter Sirs. I do stand-up. I do comedy. I guess that's the same thing. I also podcast. I also work out way too much, but I'm also sexy as fuck, so there you go. That's what this podcast is all about, being a comic, being healthy, trying to inspire others into doing the same. Anyway, my uh, this podcast is brought to you, as always, by my good friends at Performa.com. Performa has all of your fitness accessory needs, all of them, literally all of them. You want shaker cups? They got them. Meal prep bags? They got them. Meal prep containers? They got them. Hey Pete, I don't I don't know how to eat well. Well, guess what? Start preparing your meals and stop buying fucking lunch every day and that'll be a good start. Go to performa.com. They have all of your fitness accessory needs. Enter the promo code 10 pounds. That's the word 10, the word pounds and you will save 15% off your order. Tell them I sent you. And this podcast as always is brought to you by my good friends at Bucked Up Supplements. That's right. I take supplements too, and I look pretty fucking good. And maybe you don't want to look like me, but maybe you want to look better than you do right now. Guess what? Bucked Up has supplements for you. Whether you're trying to gain muscle, whether you're trying to lose fat, whether you're trying to build endurance, or whether you just want to maintain your shredded physique, whatever it is, Bucked Up has it. Go to buckedup.com, enter promo code 10POUNDS, that's the number 10 and the word pounds, and you will save 20% off your entire order. Let's just get into it, you guys. We are the warriors what? who learn to love the pain. We, we come, come from different, different places, places, but have the same name. Because we were, because we were, because we were, because we were born for this. We were born for this. We are the broken ones who chose to what? This fucking song slaps. Yep. Cause we were, cause we were, cause we were, cause we were born for this. We were yep. born for this. I like that. You know, remember like a while ago, you guys are probably listening. I was trying to give you guys like, put you guys on to some new songs. Cause you know, this is a fitness podcast and I, I kind of forgot. So anyway, that was the song Born For This by a band called The Score. And they're classified as alternative, but I don't really think they're alternative. I'm not really sure what they are. Like, they're definitely like a rock, but like, I don't know, they kind of rap a little bit, and I don't know, man. Anyway, there's a lot of their songs that I like. Like, they actually have another song that's called, uh, what's it, Unstoppable? And uh, what's the other one? Uh, the Fear, that's right. Oh, 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 yep, that's the one, too. And they have Unstoppable. Oh, can't stop me now. Yep, we can be heroes. Yep, they have some good songs, man. So anyway, if you're looking for some good workout music, you know, I work out a lot. Check out The Score. Not Fuji's The Score, but there's an actual band called The Score. Anyway, um, it's just me today, you guys. I'm sorry, I've been... That's kind of what this uh, episode is about. (laughs) Just about me being fucking just ridiculously busy and overwhelmed. And, you know, that's what this this podcast is all about. So, I want to start it off, first off, by saying, uh, first of all, to anybody that's listening that came to my comedy taping on Saturday I know I said it after the after the effect after the show um, from from the stage but like I just can't thank you all enough for coming for taking the time out of your day to drive out there Uh, my, my, my best friend came up from Dallas so that was probably a two and a half three hour drive for him depending on where he drove from um but like so many people you know my girlfriend and her mom and dad and uh you know some of her i don't know none of her family came now that i think about it her mom and dad came but no i guess her kind of uncle or cousin by marriage came so not really blood related but that was really it not a lot of her family came um draw your own conclusion off of that one <laughs> Um, but I mean, I just, 
I'm going to be honest, you guys. I, after the fact, there was a couple things that I kind of, I, I messed up on that, you know, the audience would never know because I just kind of kept it going. But um, in my mind, I'm like, fuck, man, like, it could have been better. And so hopefully once we edit and everything and put all the other pieces together that you guys can see, um, it's my vision is going to come to life and that's really all that I wanted but I am kind of bummed that you know I didn't get a couple I forgot a couple jokes that would have go really well with what I did so that's kind of a bummer but that's kind of like what every comic goes through like you know when they record they're always like fuck I could have done it this way so it's like the the old adage is that it's it's never really done you know I mean some comics say that it's never done um, until you've been on, you've done it on TV. You know, some guys, once they put their jokes on TV, that's it. Like they don't do those jokes anymore. And so um, I've technically never been on TV telling jokes. Been on TV many times, just not telling jokes. So technically, if we don't go by that rule, I could use any of these jokes as much as I want. However, once we're done tape, once we're done with everything on this particular thing, um, it's going to be somewhere, you guys. It's going to be, you know, I'm going to aim high. I'm going to aim to get it up on Netflix or HBO. But, you know, if I don't get it up there, it's probably going to go on Amazon. Unless I think maybe I could get more. Uh, monetary compensation out of it by putting it on YouTube. I don't know, man. We'll see, but it's definitely like, you know, I talked about it a couple times already, but if anybody has been listening to this podcast from the beginning, not even from the beginning, but just basically from the beginning of the pandemic, you will know exactly like, I mean, I, I put my heart out there, you know, this Keeping this podcast going was one of the only things that, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm, I wasn't going to kill myself, but I was very depressed last summer, you guys, and, and I tried to, you know, to make funny videos on the farm and everything and just make it, and everyone, <laughs> everyone thought that I was just having the best time, and uh, you know, like, I did make the most out of it, it's not like I was just like, fuck this, this sucks, and it's just like, yeah, like, I was trying to make funny videos, and I, but, like, to think that, like, I would have chosen to be there in that situation, you know, basically, like, you know, coming to the farm, you know, kind of, you know, looking my girlfriend's dad in the face and being like, yeah, man, I'm out of work right now, I need to work, and it's like, you know, it, it's very humbling for a man, a 41 at that time year old man, to kind of come and be like, yeah, I, I can't, I can't support myself right now. You know, it, I mean, it's a pandemic, but still, like, there's still a sense of pride that's, you know, involved. And then on top of that, and the thing is, is about, you know, about being on the farm, it's like, shit just has to get done. You know, like, at the end of the day, shit just has to get done. If it's if it's early, if it's late, if it, you know, if you've already worked eight hours or ten hours, it doesn't matter. If the cows get out, guess what? You got to go fucking round them all up. If a cow's fucking dead and, you know, there's vultures coming, you got to get rid of that thing. If, you know, the pipe breaks or the the well's not running, you got to figure out why the well, the water's not coming out. Of, I mean, there's, it's always something. So, like, you cannot, you can't really relax. Even on the days off, like, you still got to feed the cows. You still got to, like, there's, there's always stuff to be done, you know. And I'm going to be honest, I don't like that. <laughs> like... Like, I, I'm not trying to toot my own horn right here, but I work hard. Like, you know, I always I always post about it. You know, I'm very honest about this, but, like, every comedy job that I book comes on the heels of probably, I don't know, 20, 25, 30 emails that just go completely unanswered. Like, to places where, like, people are like, why don't you go work at that club? I'm like, I fucking emailed them several times multiple times some comedy club bookers just won't email you back until you have a name or until somebody that's famous brings you as their opener they're just going to ignore your fucking email maybe they'll answer them 
but a lot of times they won't. So every time I do get a job, it's a big deal for me because it goes, it, like I said, it comes on the heels of maybe not necessarily rejection because I never really, I don't, not never, but like very rarely do I actually get an email back that says, hey, actually, we don't think you're funny enough to work at our club. I've gotten like maybe three or four of those ever out of the thousands of emails I've sent. So I say ignored because if I email a club, they probably just don't even look at it because when they do look at it, a lot of times it leads to work or I get that, you know, third or fourth rejection email. But if they look at it, I'm pretty confident that I could at the least I'm not saying I'm not I'm not I'm not fucking Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock. Those are the fucking goats right now. Okay, but I'm saying that I'm looking at the roster of comedians that work that club and I fucking know damn well that I'm good enough to work that club. So if I email you and I don't hear back, I'm just going to assume that you didn't fucking read my email. And that happens. So the point is, I work hard and every fucking job I get comes on the heels of about 25 to 30 jobs that I didn't get, okay? And so people don't see that. People don't see how, you know, how I have to go into my email and look at see when the last time I emailed this club booker was, when the last time I worked that club, like when I can come back, when they told me to email them, or sometimes just looking up the email in the first place or trying to figure out what the club booking email is. Like there's just so many parts that lead to me ultimately eventually getting a job. So it's like, I fucking work hard, but it's not the same kind of work as like working on the farm. Do you know what I mean? So I was, I was overwhelmed this weekend. <laughs> uh, I'll just give you a rundown because that's kind of what I, I, what I wanted to do is just kind of recap and everything. Um, you know, I talk about, I talk about how, eating right and exercising have helped me, you know, maybe like on a long drive or waking up early to get on a long drive and keep going on the road or just to just to have the energy to do what I'm doing right now, working a full-time job and then trying to, you know, do stand-up stuff, which is also a full-time job and podcasting, which is basically a full-time job. And I'm not saying I work on my stand-up 40 hours a week and podcast. I don't, I don't podcast 40 hours a week, but I spent a lot of time looking into my podcast. I mean, this right here, I'm just kind of talking, but I'm sharing my experiences, but like on my other podcasts, you know, my Dodger podcast, I got to know what's going on. So I'm watching almost all the games or at least tuning in. Like if for some reason I can't watch the game, like if I have a show or something, now I got another podcast where I have to interview people and I have to do research on them before I email them or before I, before I interview them. And then I have an NSYNC podcast, so each episode is different. So I got to kind of do some research there. You know, I got to write. I got to do all these things. Like, I mean, and then by the time someone sees, you know, a five-minute bit that I'm doing on stage or maybe I post a clip, it's like, do you know how much work went into the development of that fucking shit, dude. Like, you know how much life experience I had to go through? Think about everything. Okay, think about how many hours we spend. Okay, there's 24 hours in a day, right? 168 hours in the week. I don't know how I knew that, but I just did. I don't know how many hours are in a month. But if 168 hours are in a week, then let's just multiply that by 4. 168 times 4 equals 672. Okay, so there's, no, that's not right. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, 672 hours in a month. Yeah, that makes sense. How many hours in a year? Boom, 8,000. Over 8,000 hours, okay? So, just think of all the shit that happens to you throughout the course of 8,000 hours in a year. Of that, how much of it is worthy enough to make it so funny that you could stand on stage and talk about that in front of strangers and keep their attention and keep them laughing knowing that they're supposed to laugh that you're supposed to make them laugh exactly so even though I may not be quote unquote working 
Um, whatchamacallit. I'm working because I'm experiencing life. If you've seen my stand-up, my stand-up is based on my life. Yes, maybe I might see something in the tabloids or, I don't know, not tabloids, but, you know, like something that's happening in pop culture or whatever, right? Celebrity gossip. I may comment on that, but 90% of my comedy is me talking about my dad, my girlfriend, my experience, something that happened to me, bringing those stories to life. So I have to live. So for me, that's considered working still. So anyway, my point is, I think people think that I'd sit around all day and do nothing and then just get to do shows. I wish that was the case, but I'm fucking nonstop. And so this past weekend, as I was getting ready to shoot this you know, special, which I can't wait to share. It's going to be a minute, <laughs> but it's going to, we're going to have something, dude. That's all I'm saying. Like, we're going to have something. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm here in Oklahoma. I, I have people that have become kind of part of my life, like people that I work with and stuff, but, and I've hung out with a few of them socially. But it's not like I have a ton of like quote unquote close friends here, you know, other than my girlfriend. And point being is I had a lot of shit to take care of for this filming on Saturday. And I didn't really have anybody that could help or that I would feel comfortable, I guess I can say, like helping like asking them for help. Do you know what I mean? And my girlfriend, who would normally be that person, she's fucking neck deep in watermelon, so I didn't want to burden her with anything, even though she en- she did ended up she did end up fucking really coming through with me. So Friday I had to make sure, you know, everything at the venue was right. Um we'll go over everything again with them, chairs, and they fucked it up anyway. I love them. They're, they're, they're the people that run the venue are really nice, but she fucked up and she apologized, so it's fine. Um, she just got she just got some of the seating wrong. It's fine. Like they had event they had an event in the morning before my event, and I, I think I just didn't make it clear in my email, so it's fine. I'm not upset, but it did set me back a little bit. So anyway, Friday, I had to go uh, to the store, pick up. You know, all, you know, beer, soda, everything, which whatever, right? Like, big deal, right? Then I had to go pick up a stage because I was, I has, had to rent a stage. And then when I go to pick up the stage, I find out that it doesn't fit in my fucking car. It's a four by, four by four foot stage. I thought it could fit in my trunk. I was wrong. Not even fucking close. So now I'm like, fuck, my girlfriend's down on the farm. I need a truck. I put out a post, hey, does anyone have a truck I can borrow? Put it on my Instagram, put it on Facebook. That's when you know someone's really like, I mean, except for the fucking people that are like, hey, I'm going to Memphis this weekend. Send me some wrecks. Like, no one fucking cares that you're going to Memphis, dude. Post pictures when you're there. Like, don't fucking, all all it is is people fucking want you to know that they're going somewhere. I don't fucking care, dude, okay? Because you know what happens? You get to a city, you know what you do? You fucking click Yelp, okay? Yelp, best tacos in this city, best hamburgers, best barbecue. That's what I fucking do. I Yelp, best barbecue, and then I don't take their word for it. I see what's on the list, number one, two, three, but then I click on the pictures, or if I look at one, two, three, because you can kind of buy your way up the charts on Yelp. You could cheat your way up. So I'll look at the reviews and be like, well, they're number one, but they're only 3.5 stars. Well, let me find a place that's four or five stars because that, that, that holds more weight than just what fucking number they're on. Because the best two barbecue places in Oklahoma City aren't even the best two barbecue places in Oklahoma City. If you, if you looked at Yelp and just went to those best two, you would go to the wrong fucking two, okay? The wrong two. So anyway, I go to Yelp. I see what's on there, best barbecue, and then I click on the pictures, and then I decide where I'm going to fucking eat, 
I click on uh, I, I look for best gyms when I go to a town because you know me I'm going to go fucking work out when I go somewhere which by the way <laughs> New Orleans I forgot to tell you guys a couple weeks ago it's shit when it comes to gyms <laughs> like I tried to find a gym close by and the best thing I could find was a fucking anytime fitness and those are fine but like if that's your best gym dude you got some shitty gyms it's all it's not a shitty gym though I didn't even go to it though because it looks shitty in the pictures so anyway um just yelp like don't fucking be oh I'm gonna go somewhere so anyway point being I post on Facebook that I need a truck and I'm hoping that like someone responds because everyone has fucking trucks here and I'm not getting anything. I looked for a few hours. You know, someone, one of Ashton's, like, cousin's friend. I don't fucking know. Honestly, I don't know how they're related. She's like, oh, I may be up in the city later on today. I'm like, I don't need a May. Like, I need a fucking truck so I could pick up this fucking stage. I am in a time crunch. I'm fucking stressing out. And then finally, I was like, you know what, dude? I'll just fucking rent a U-Haul, okay? It sucks, but I have to also go get the sound gear. Which then I had to do. Had to go pick up the sound gear, the mic, the PA, all that stuff. Had to go pick that up. Okay? So, this is me Friday. So, then I got to go get a U-Haul. I go get a U-Haul. But, I don't have anybody here. I don't have any close friends here. So, there's not someone that I could be like, hey, can you give me a ride to the U-Haul? So, I have to call an Uber. Spend fucking, I don't know, 15, 20 bucks. Just so I can go rent a fucking U-Haul. Which I did. Okay? Then I go get the U-Haul. Then I go get the stage, and then I start loading fucking shit, getting ready for Saturday. Saturday morning, I have to work. Just an hour, but I still have to work. So I fucking work. And by the way, after I do all that on Friday, I'm going over all my notes for my set. I'm going, I'm like, but also at the same time, I don't care. I'll tell you guys now. So my plan was originally to do two shows for this taping so that if something fucked up like I did end up doing that I had another take of it and I could fucking fix it but of course what I learned is that people in Oklahoma are just as fucking flaky as people in LA people in LA oh I'm gonna come see you gonna come see you when are you gonna when is your next show and then you fucking tell them when the fucking show is in plenty of time and then they still find a fucking reason to not come which is fine, dude. I don't fucking care because I'm still doing what I do and I keep getting more fans. So I don't fucking need people I know. Like, it helps. But if people don't want to fucking come see me, dude, I don't fucking care. They don't have to come see me. If people want to come support me, they can come support me, dude. And I appreciate it so much. Like, I can't tell you how many, I mean, obviously, my girlfriend has to come to my shows, so it's like, whatever, she doesn't come to all my shows, but, like, like, my friend Eric and his wife, like, they came to my second show ever, like, I fucking sucked, like, I was, I mean, I was okay, you know, for someone that, like, it was only their second time doing stand-up, but, like, you know, compared to what the fuck I do now, dude, like, it's, and it's so funny because this gets me mad, but, like, there's so many people, like, so many people came to see me when I first started, and then they never came back, and I'm like, yo, I'm fucking so much better than I was back then, but I wasn't that good, you know, like, I thought, like I said, I was fine, like, I had stage presence, and, like, I had some funny jokes, but, like, it wasn't like it is now, you know what I mean, and so, point being is... People always say they're going to come, and then they don't. And that's been what what happened here. Ever since I've been here, well, let me know when you're going to perform here. I can tell you so many people that asked me that. And then I fucking told them months in ahead of time. Okay, well, August 21st. I had fucking girls, some of the girls that were on this fucking podcast that I was like, hey, like, I want to give you a special invite. You know, since you're on the podcast, I'd love for you to come. Oh, yeah, I'll come. Put me down for two. I'm not going to name any names. Just go back and see who I had that was on fucking, that was from Oklahoma. And they didn't, they told me they were going to come and then they, they didn't come. But like so many people that have been bugging me. And then when I finally tell them, oh, like this person got COVID and it was all these fucking things. So anyway, I'm stressed out because 
I wanted to do two shows, and for a while there, I didn't even have enough people to do one show. Like, a few people had bought tickets, you know. I sold, I started selling tickets like a month ahead of time, at least. And ticket sales were really low. You know, like I said, a few people, and it was to the point where like Monday or Tuesday, I was contemplating just canceling the whole fucking thing. And being like, well, sorry crew, but I'm not going to be able to fucking pay you because no one's buying tickets and we're not going to fucking do this. Like, where are all these people that have been bugging me and, you know, all of Ashton's family and whatever. Like I told you, I told you who came. She had one, her mom and dad came and then one of her cousins. And it's not really even their cousin. It's a cousin through marriage. Ashton's cousin married this guy and it's their family. And that guy that Ashton's cousin married, he died a few years ago. And these are his relatives. So there's no blood relation there. None of her other family came to see me. It's fine. They're probably not listening to this podcast. But the point is, a lot of people have been bugging me about coming to see me, and they didn't come see me. So instead of having two shows, I only I end up not even knowing if I'm going to have one show. So then finally, you know, Monday rolls around, a few more people buy tickets. Tuesday, a couple more people, like, you know, and so I'm like, okay, well, at least I'm going to have about this much. Okay, I guess we can do it. It's just going to be small. I wanted to fill the whole barn. I guess now we'll just fill the first half of the barn, which is still fine, but it would have looked a lot cooler. You know, it would have been cooler. Like, I had a dude tell me, no, it's fine. Um, so my point is I was already get kind of like going into this really disappointed that I wasn't going to get the turnout, especially since I also performed in Oklahoma City the weekend before. Like, I wasn't, like, heavily promoting the fact that I was at the Looney Bin because fucking the booker likes to fucking dick me around. I don't care. I don't care. You can tell him and fucking have him keep dicking me around. I don't fucking care. Eventually, he's going to be sucking my dick, asking me to headline him. Like, sorry, dude, you used to fuck with me. So either pay me triple what I normally get paid or I'm not fucking coming here anymore. I don't care. But anyway, I was telling people, you know, I told them for months, August 21st, I'm going to be filming my special. Save the date. Save the date. Okay. Oh, yeah. You're going to film it? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to film it. We're going to try to pitch it. We're going to pitch it to Netflix, HBO, Amazon. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll put it down. And then, like, oh, and then a couple people were like, oh, I'm going to be out on vacation that weekend. I'm like, well, that's okay. If you really want to come see me, I'm going to be at the Looney Bin in Oklahoma City the weekend before. I just am not going to be the headliner. I'm going to be the middle act. So I won't be doing as much time and whatever. But if you can't come to my taping, then you just come to that. And not very many people came to see me there either. So, like, my point is, you know, people want to talk about, especially people that are not from L.A., people in L.A. are so flaky, and there's fucking people in Oklahoma City flake, too. I know people that literally lived right down the street from where my taping was, and they didn't come. Like, a few people. Okay? And it's fine. Like, no one has to do shit, but, like, it's just funny how when it came down to it, a lot of people fucking went back on their word, and that's fine. They missed out, because the people that did go, dude... So, anyway, the point is... People started buying tickets and then started buying tickets and more than half the tickets that I sold were purchased in the last 24 hours. So it was like, it was at least a sigh of relief for me, you know, that I was going to be able to have enough people to have it look on camera like it was full, which it was. But, you know, I was hoping I could have that for two so that I didn't have the pressure of having to fucking get it right in one shot, you know. Because we're only going to do one show. So I was stressed out. And that kind of relieved some of my stress. But I'm still running around picking up all this shit. Right? Going over my notes and everything. After I picked up all the gear. The stage and everything. Going over my notes. Listening uh, listening to sets. Watching them. You know. Just every little thing. Like. I, I'm like. I think it's fun. Because like. Obviously like when I was younger. I wanted to be a professional baseball player. And I feel like if I would have made it. I would have been like one of the guys like watching film over and over again because I watch film of myself doing stand up over and over again. Like there's a lot of work that goes into it. I know when I'm on stage, it looks like I'm just talking, but 
there's work. Uh, um, but I'm not, I like, I know it looks like I'm talking when I'm on stage and that like the thoughts just came up into my head, but like this shit is rehearsed. I have a, a style of stand up and this a style of performing that like, I don't know. I learned it from other comics, but like I have a style that I like to put out when I'm when I'm on stage, you know, and that shit's rehearsed like it is, but I still got to go over it, you know. So anyway, I spend all night Saturday night and then I fucking go to sleep because I have to fucking work in the morning. So I fucking work in the morning and wait a minute. That's right. I couldn't pick up the stage on Friday because I, didn't, I needed a truck and since no one came through I rented the U-Haul for Saturday so Saturday I had to go get the U-Haul that's right okay anyway so I had to do that and fucking start filling you know the van with all the shit the stage and the sound equipment and meanwhile I have to be at the venue at 3.30 we're not going on till 6 but I gotta be at the venue at 3.30 because I gotta help set up everything we got, you know, the, the crew's going to get there at 3.30 also because they got to start setting up the lights and the cameras and everything. So I literally have like an hour to come home, shower, whatever, get all my shit ready. But also shower knowing that I'm not going to shower again and I'm going to get sweaty moving all the shit around because they had air conditioning at the venue, but it wasn't great air conditioning. <laughs> so my point is I was fucking worried that I was going to get all sweaty and dirty and not being able not be able to really clean myself off like they had a bathroom there and they actually have a shower there on the property but only if you're getting married there you don't get to go into the they have like a little guest house and you can't go into it unless you're renting the venue for a wedding which is bullshit but whatever they pay more so they can do whatever they want <laughs> It's so funny, like, the venue is, like, I want to say for a wedding, it's, like, five times more for a wedding than it is for, like, a regular, like, literally anything else. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? That's funny, right? Anyway, so we had to go set up. So I had, like, an hour to just shower and get ready and eat and do everything and then after that, I just went and we fucking had to start set. And then we got there and the, the setup wasn't right. So I had to move around some tables and some chairs to get the setup right. And then I had to set up the stage, which, by the way, we didn't end up even using the fucking stage. <laughs> yeah, like the ceiling was too low. So I ended up renting a U-Haul, going to get the stage, fucking carrying it, pulling it out onto the venue like you know my buddy Blake got there early to help me cuz he's just such a fucking good dude I don't know what time he got there he probably got there like at 4 and he was just like what do you need me to do man like this is a fucking nice guy he's from Oklahoma he was on the podcast before Blake Pickens I don't remember what episode it was but um he's a fucking good dude man we're going to have him back on again and uh You know, we're setting up the stage, setting up the sound, and then I'm like, fuck, dude, like, it's getting close, and then my girlfriend gets there, and now she's got stuff, my girlfriend came, and everything that you guys are going to see in the, uh, when you watch the special, um, like, the state, the backdrop on the stage with the hay and the melons and stuff, like, that was all my girlfriend, I mean, it was my idea, but she was the one that came, like, she got there, like, around, like, four, so now she only has, like, an hour and a half, because I told people, start getting there at 5.30. So we have an hour and a half to get all these hay bales. And those hay bales weigh 80 pounds. And without getting too dirty, which we still got dirty, getting the hay bales, putting them. And still, it's hard to maneuver because there's chairs all in the venue. So we're just fucked. So I'm like, I have to fucking have all my notes in my head. But I'm also, like, I don't have time to, like, keep going over them because I'm helping move and set all this shit up because... I don't have any help. <laughs> like, like I said, my, my buddy Blake was kind enough to come early, but like, 
you know, it's not like I had like any of my close friends here or my brother or anything, my brothers, you know, or anything. So it's just like I had to do it. And because my girlfriend's got her thing, like she couldn't help me. So it's just like I kind of had to do all this shit on my own. And uh, I fucking busted my ass, dude. Like, I wish I would have thought about that and then like had like someone filming me do all this. So, like, when you guys see the special, you could see, like, how I try to, like, document some of it, uh, like, on my phone. But then once I got to the venue, like, there was none of that. Like, I didn't post anything from the time I got to the venue until we were eating, like, after the show, like, at 10-something was, what like, when I posted something again. Like, that's how nonstop it was once I got there. But once we, you know, once... Once we got everything set up and then, you know, people started to arrive and kind of see how gorgeous the venue was and how, you know, it just already set the tone for what I was going to talk about, you know, and that's kind of what I had started on. But like, you know, last summer, (laughs) it was really hard for me to be out here, not being able to go on my tour and all the stuff that I had planned and to not have any idea when it was going to come back, like all everything that I felt like I had, you know, momentum wise was just gone at this point. And, you know, it, it fucking sucked, dude. And so in, in the meantime, I'm just fucking working on a farm and throwing watermelons all day long. And then, you know, getting to work out for a couple hours every day. And then at the end of the day, watching the Dodgers and falling asleep. You know, and they're just doing it all over. Like, you know, I made the most of it, you know. (laughs) We went to a rodeo and fucking like, I mean, you know, we did shit. But like, it it was tough, man. Like, it was a really tough time in my life. And I'm still kind of not out of it because I'm really homesick. (laughs) I can't wait to go home this week, which I'm going to do. I'm going to be home, leaving on Friday. Maybe earlier if people really piss me off at work the next couple of days like they've been doing. Um, just, like, I'm excited, but, like, it was really hard, man. But at the same time, I knew that we would make it through it, and we're not out of it yet, which is fucking another situation altogether. But you know, we're a lot further along than we were at this point last year and a few months ago and so forth. But I knew that we would get out of it and we will get out of it. And I knew that no one else was going to have the story that I had. Nobody. And I'm going to be honest, I'm a pretty good storyteller. Through doing stand-up and I think through doing podcasts as well, I think my podcast have helped my podcasts have helped me in stand up because it's kind of a form of writing honestly like I spend time actually sitting down and writing every day but this is also like writing cuz there's been a lot of times when I'll be on stage and I have what I wrote and what I've rehearsed and I'm saying that and then in a moment something else comes to my head and then I say that thing and that thing gets laughs and because I'm recording I hear where I didn't I I hadn't written anything but then I ad-libbed and then it got laughs so that I'm like oh well that goes in the act now that's how that works and that's how you continue to build an act like you find little things like that because you're free on stage I'm free on stage and so I just knew That at the end of all this, like, I was going to be able to tell this story, a very unique story that no one else can tell in a way that only I could, I can do. Like, there's, I have a very specific style. And there's, only I can do what I do. There's other people, I'm not saying, um, like, there's other people that could be funny and be good storytellers, but my stories are different, man. That's all I'm saying. That's that's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm me. Like, you're not going to see someone and be like, oh, Peter's trying to be like him. Like, no, I'm not trying to be like anybody. I'm I've discovered my voice. You know, when I was when I was new, you know, I grew up watching Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle and obviously Dane Cook and Daniel Tosh and all those guys. And, 
you know, even Kevin Hart, kind of. You know, Eddie Murphy, of course, Richard Pryor. And so you kind of like take little things from all those people and just kind of go up there and try to find your way to do all that. And then eventually you develop your style. And I have. So I just, I was just, this that's what kept me going. Knowing that I could tell the story. So, you know, back to Saturday, after having to set everything up and all that, like we literally, I was still putting, setting up the sound when my first guest arrived. The first guest got there at 5.15 and I was still in, not even in like my outfit yet. Like I was in my fucking shorts and a tank top, dirty, stripping sweat. And my first guest got there. That was 5.15 and I'm like, fuck. Finished setting up the sound thing. And I'm pretty sure that was the last thing I had to set up. And so I didn't get to start getting ready at until like 5.20 or so. And how I got ready, I had a change of underwear, socks, whatever. And that's basically, I, 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 I had a towel. So I wiped myself down, threw some water on my face, dried it out, made sure I didn't look oily or anything. Made sure I wasn't dirty anywhere, and then I just put my fucking clothes on. I didn't get the shower. So I, and I was dripping sweat from moving all the fucking stage and the sound equipment. And so from between that time, and then we started, well, we started, like, a little bit late. But once people started arriving, like, there was no nothing. Like, I couldn't go over anything. There wasn't, like, a green room or something. Like, I had to say hello to everybody coming, so then I got to deal with that. And I'm not saying that's why I kind of fucked up a little bit, but... It's probably because normally I would have just, you know, done it at, I don't know, like a comedy club, like the first two albums that I recorded, that I recorded at comedy clubs, but this was different. This is my vision. So this is part of a whole production of a bigger thing that we have planned, but, um, you know, it was what it was, but I thought it went great. Like, I really did, like, what's funny is that, like, we, we had this beautiful barn, and it set, the, like I said, it set the tone, they had, like, the lights, and just the backdrop, and the turkeys are walking around, and I, I don't know if the chickens are walking around, too, and then with the hay, and the melons, like, my girlfriend came, and she set up, like, the hay bells, and the melon, and, like, the sign that the venue had made, and, I mean, she... She, she's the best dude <laughs> I love my girlfriend you know I wish that I could fucking like things could go back to quote unquote normal normal and I could fucking be steady enough cause like we're probably gonna get married I mean not probably like I'm gonna be like hey you wanna get married and she's gonna be like yeah of course and then that's it and then we'll get married but like you know we're been a pandemic dude <laughs> I'm not making as much money as I was. Even with this fucking... These other podcasts I'm hosting and stuff. It's not where I need to be to be able to go out and buy... Although, if we were going on two months salary, which I think it would be... You know, that's a pretty cheap ring. <laughs> so, I should... I mean, I should I should get it now and be like, well, they said two months salary. <laughs> but, um, anyway, she just help me out even though like she couldn't really help me you know during the day and everything the day before like I really needed you know she definitely pulled through with the melons and it just looked you know people walked in and it it they just felt the thing like we really it was like, kind of like we were like Disneyland you know like you go to Disneyland and the, and the decorations just kind of put you in that place right and so she really helped uh do that for me and sold some melons afterwards and it was just like you know and she got the hay this is fucking crazy so so my girlfriend's dad mr Pittman, um he like bales hay like they have cattle but he bales hay too and i guess like people buy it to i don't know you could do a, a million things with hay like cows eat it obviously um or maybe not obviously maybe you didn't know that um, or, uh, like last year on my birthday, when I had to help fertilize the grass, we fertilized 
the grass with hay. So I there's no but anyway, I needed square hay. Her dad does like the circle bales. It's like you see him like on this when you drive by a farm and you see the big like circles, that's hay, right? So he does that in circles. I asked her, I was like, where can I get square ones? Because I knew how I wanted it to look, but I knew I needed square bales. And so she said, you can get them anywhere. So anyway, she's like, how many do you need? I was like, I don't know, like four probably. So she got six. She's like, okay, I got you some. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, I got you some. I'm like, okay, cool. So that's one less thing I have to worry about. But um, apparently someone that lives in their neighborhood or whatever does them in squares and so they they gave them some watermelons and then they gave my girlfriend the hay <laughs> that's just like country shit dude it's just so funny <laughs> like they just bartered like cool you know and god man the set the set it, it looked exactly how i wanted it to look and i hope you guys that were there enjoyed the aesthetics of it and when you guys watch it, when we finally put it out, you'll see like exactly like it's it's it was perfect, and it allowed me to tell the story of how I spent this last year, you know, going from L.A. to a watermelon farm, and it just you know really kind of uh, solidified me as like not solidified, but like like I really feel like. I have it. I I've just really turned a corner. I'll say, in my artistic ability and what I'm able to do, on stage and so forth. So it's just I, I I've talked about it before, but it's a really uh, it's a really cool place to be in artistically. Like just like I'm confident on stage. I get these stories and I'm able to turn them into what they are. I'm able to keep kind of writing new material, but also not afraid to try out the material because obviously you have to try it out. Like it's not funny the first time, although sometimes it is. You know, sometimes I just get a feeling and I say something on stage and it works, man. Not always. <laughs> it doesn't always work, but when it does, dude, like, I don't know. It's just cool. Like, it's just a cool place to be and like and it, ma it makes me really happy because I have put a lot of work that you s people see, people don't see. But at the end of the day, I know that if I died tomorrow, that I fucking gave this shit everything I could. And nobody can say, no no one can disagree. Like, like yeah, dude, this he fucking, he, he broke himself trying to make this thing happen. You know, he did his best. And. I could die on my deathbed with no regrets. They say, like, that's the most common thing. People on their deathbed is they regret doing something. Well, I ain't going to fucking regret shit, dude. And that's really what the moral of this podcast, I guess, is. Because after, you know, coming out to Oklahoma in the pandemic, like, broke me, broke my heart. But I don't regret it because now I got this piece of art that I created. And it's fucking dope, dude. I'm telling you. When you guys see it, dude. And, and now and now we got a show idea, too, that we were going over. We were talking about at dinner afterwards uh, about my girlfriend. Oh, my God, dude. I'm telling you. This is people like if we can sell this fucking show idea, it's going to be like Tiger King. Like. They're gonna, f <laughs> we're gonna it. If it fucking the week, if we sell this show, which I think one hundred percent we can sell this show, it's gonna make my girlfriend's watermelon farm become like a tourist attraction, like I wanted it to be. I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast, and I'm gonna say it right now. I'm gonna put it into the universe, and now it's out there. It's gonna be out there for the internet. Okay, yeah, aim fucking high, bitches. Okay, so. I know that more and more people are going to discover my stand-up and they're going to fall in love with this character I played, you know, I, I build up about on Ashton and how she grew up on a farm and this and that. Like, so anyone that is going to be my fan, my fans know of her because I talk about her in my stand-up. 
and I talk about her on this podcast. And so when I talk about this watermelon farm, and I'm sure I'm going to keep getting material from it because it's it provides me. There's just so much I even haven't talked about yet about her watermelon farm. But people are going to want to know about this watermelon farm. And so I'm thinking we get this watermelon farm to the point where it's like Chip and Joanna at the silos in Waco. How they have basically took this shit town. I mean, there's a college there, but like it's no one goes on vacation to Waco. But now... They have the Magnolia, isn't it Magnolia Farms, the silos or whatever it's called, and they got this. They have a furniture store there. They have a bakery. They have a restaurant. They got food trucks. They got all this shit, and like all these people come. It's just this huge tourist thing, and I'm like, people are gonna come to Rush Springs to see the watermelon farm and buy watermelon, you know, handbags and drink watermelon margaritas and maybe get to go pick a watermelon or learn how to pick one like i mean there's so many things like i'm literally i've literally had this conversation with ashton and with other people and through my stand-up and me putting it out there and putting this special wherever it's going to end up and then with this show idea that we came up with like i think this shit's going to happen and it might happen fucking fast i'm just saying dude okay i know people and we're gonna fucking put it out there man like it's it would be just as good as anything Netflix has right now, including Tiger King. But I can't say anything because we can't have anybody steal the idea. Okay? So, I'm excited, dude. And it all happened, like, after the show. But anyway, more stress. I, I that's, that's a whole other sidetrack. So, I finished the show. You know, everyone says I did great. And I feel really good about what I did. But I am upset at myself because I forgot a couple parts and now I don't know if I could ever use them. I mean, I could use them, but yeah, I mean, I could still use them. So I don't know why I said that. <laughs> um, but then I had to take the U-Haul back. I had to take the U-Haul back yesterday and then I fuck. Oh man, you guys. I'm just going to say it right now because my name is out there. So so no one gets canceled, okay? You can't cancel me because I'm going to say this right now on the fucking internet, okay? Episode 107 of The Camera Adds 10 Pounds that came out on August 24th, 2021, okay? Put a timestamp on it so you can't fucking cancel me. It's right here, okay? It's right here. I rented a U-Haul van. It's $19.95. Yes. Yes. Okay. You sign a contract, blah, 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 that you never read because who the fuck reads contracts? And so I rent the U-Haul. I go to take it back on Sunday, which fucking sucks because the stage has to be returned, but they're not open on Sunday. So I'm going to have to figure out how to get the stage back on Monday because I have to take the U-Haul back on Sunday. And you might be thinking, why didn't you just rent the U-Haul for two days? Because I didn't fucking think about it, okay? And then after the fact, I didn't know if there was like an overcharge or something, so I was just like, fuck, I'll just take it back. I'll probably just get Ashton's car and I'll bring it back, right? Which is what I did. We switched cars and then I was going to take it back like that, okay? And then I was going to take her car, her her car later in the week, okay? So I take the sound stuff back and, you know, I came back and I was just like, man, I had to work on Sunday too. God damn it. Do you know how hard that was, man? <laughs> to go from being the star of this production to then fucking teaching a class at 10 o'clock in the morning the next day. <laughs> so anyway, I pointed. I was very. I had a very stressful weekend. Okay, so I go to take the U-Haul back, and it's supposed to be 19.95. The girl tells me it's 91 dollars, and I said, "How is it 91 dollars? I thought it was 19.95." And she's like, "I don't know." I'm like, "Well, I'm not gonna pay that until you tell me how much it is, like, or why it's that much, because I'm." 
I thought it was 1995. I only drove to the venue and back here. So, or I guess I went to pick up the stage and then I drove home and then went to the venue back. Like it's not, it was very short. I don't know. Let me see on the computer. Okay, let's go look on the computer. So we go on the computer. She's like, it's not showing me why, but it's this much. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to pay that. She's like, why not? I said, because I look, it looks like I'm being overcharged and I'm not going to get overcharged. Like if you could show me why it's that much, then I'll say, okay, but like you're not showing me. So it looks like you're just charging me, you know, 60 extra dollars and you can't explain to me why. Okay. 70 extra dollars. Cause it's supposed to be 20. Yeah. I probably said 70 in the moment, but whatever. So we go in, and she's like, you had it for a day? I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, well, oh, because you, you have to pay for the mileage, and you drove 99 miles. I'm like, okay, what's the mileage? 29 cents. Okay, so we go, I calculate it. Hey, um, yeah, that's still not $91, so something's off. Oh, well, it's more if you drive less than... 100 miles or something and I'm like what dude I'm like I'm not gonna pay that because you're not like these numbers are still not even if even if that's it is what it is it still should only be $63 she's like I don't know sir I'm like well I'm not gonna pay it she's like I'm gonna call my boss I'm like okay call your boss dude I'm just telling you like you're not like and now I'm getting mad and now she's getting upset and I'm like but I'm not to me, she's overcharging me, and she can't explain to me why I'm being overcharged. I don't fucking, like, I don't roll like that, dude. So she called her boss, and her boss is like, you know, the car rental, I was like, it's $79. I'm like, where does it say $79? I, I got rent the car for $19.95. She's like, $19.95, sir, but if you go over 100 miles, I was like, okay, it's not adding up. And then she said something, I don't fucking remember what she said, but it's fine print. That on when you fucking sign, it's for some fucking bullshit. Like basically, all those signs that say 1995, it's never gonna fucking be 1995, dude. Literally ever. You could drive it off the lot and right back. Oh, it's still gonna be like twenty nine dollars at the least. It's fucking bullshit, and I was fucking pissed. But anyway, so this girl is crying, and I'm like, listen, because her boss is like, don't call my worker incompetent. I said, I didn't say she was incompetent. I said that she can't show me, she could not show me what, uh, why I was being overcharged. That I didn't say she was incompetent. I was saying she can't show me, which she can't, which is why she called you. And this poor girl was just like so upset. I was like, listen, I'm not mad at you, okay? She's like, I know, I know. And then, so I, I, hung, I hang up this lady and this girl's crying and I feel awful. And I'm like, listen, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell. She's like, I know. It happened earlier, but I, I don't know how to explain it. I said, your boss needs to train you better because, I mean, this uh, these are things that are probably going to come up again. Like, you're, someone's going to be upset. Like, I just wanted you to show me while I was being overcharged. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm not mad at you. She's like, I know. Okay. I, I know. I know. It's not, it's not, it's not your fault. I was like, no, listen, I was like, I shouldn't have get out, gotten upset, but I'm sorry. Like, I made it really clear, I'm sorry, okay? So, they probably have my name, that this happened, and I got upset, because to me, I thought I, I was being charged 70 extra dollars for no fucking reason, and I didn't want to get a charge, seven, I, don't, I just, I don't have money to just be like, oh, $70, no big deal, no, so, yes, might I be, might I have been a bit of an asshole, yes, I was very upset, and it was because she could not show me why I was being charged more, way more than I thought. So I'm admitting it myself. Okay, so you can't cancel me, bitches. You gotta cancel me for something else. Fuck you. Anyway, this has been the camera ads ten pounds. Oh, uh, sorry. If you're in LA, I'm coming home. I got a show at the Broadway Comedy Club in Santa Monica Sunday, August 29th. Be there or be square. And then September 10th. Me and my buddy Elizabeth Weikert are performing in Kansas City at the Record Bar. Tickets are on sale now on the Record Bar website. It's going to be fun. And uh, where else will I be? Uh, that's the 10th. 
yeah that's good for now thanks for listening to the camera ads 10 pounds you guys you guys are awesome